We haven't talked much about the Derek Chauvin trial in the killing of George Floyd or the death of George Floyd. We need to be careful here because the trial is really showing us some things. I've been watching the trial and I've also been watching the news and I watched the trial on HLN and you can tell there's some real bias, even though what they're saying on HLN and what we're hearing about in the trial is not exactly comparable. Um, by the way, is this important? To me, no, it's not. I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. And maybe that's wrong of me. Matter of fact, I take it back. It is wrong of me. It should be a big deal. Because some guy could get very well railroaded because some criminal died of a fentanyl overdose. And it could happen. And no matter what happens, I think that we're going to be adding on to the $3 billion of damage last summer due to rioting. So I do think it's important we need to talk about it a little bit. Well, here's the thing. I don't think it matters. I think we're going to, there's going to be more rioting and things like this and more reason to buy guns. And that's one of the reasons I'm going to talk about George Floyd tonight, because tomorrow we're going to talk about Joe Biden's stupid ass gun control policy. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. This is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So much news, so little time. I I have a feeling I'm going to have to do a Saturday show just to keep up. There is so much. And today I wasn't even supposed to record because, believe it or not, Josie, my fiance, you probably know this by now, um, she got her COVID shot. I was expecting her to be dying and everything, and I usually spend the entire day with her. Um, she didn't die. She survived, and she's very happy about it, and she dropped me off. I started doing my work, and I wasn't going to do it because typically I don't do it on Thursdays, but I didn't do it on Tuesday, so I said, screw it. I might as well do it today because today's is going to matter for tomorrow's podcast, which I've already written, so we're we're already there. So, But I wanted to talk about Derek, the Derek Chauvin trial. If you don't remember, Derek Chauvin was the one who had his knee on George Floyd's neck. And then George Floyd died. Well, there are a couple problems with that narrative. Um, The prosecution admits that narrative might not actually be a real narrative. And there is evidence coming out. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, If Derek Chauvin gets convicted of anything other than assault... It will be amazing. I I tell you what, I'll give you a step further. I don't see how he gets convicted of assault. And, oh my God, the trial is going so bad for the prosecution. Now, you'll never hear this on CNN. If you're watching CNN, Fox News doesn't talk about it. MSNBC and CNN have basically convicted the guy. Actually, every news media outlet in the world has already convicted Derek Chauvin. I got news to you. It's looking pretty clear cut that Derek Chauvin actually didn't really do anything wrong. And do you know who's actually proving that? Not that video. Well, yeah, that video too. But Derek Chauvin's defense and the prosecution is beginning to, to prove this. Oh, my God. So let's go over this trial over the last week. Um, and I've been watching... A lot of the trial, most of it's boring, but
but some of it is really big and I actually look at a couple websites to see if I'm missing something. Some things I missed, some things I didn't. So let's talk about what's going on. Now, the first thing to know is the trial is in its, I think it's third week. Maybe it's the second. I don't know. And the trial is supposed to go on for about a month and a half, about six weeks. And the first several witnesses that the prosecution put on had nothing to do with evidence. It had to do with emotions. So they called, you know, a bunch of people that really were all broken up. They were obviously very pro-prosecution and they offered absolutely zero evidence. And this seems to be what the defense is doing. They're going to try and pull at the heartstrings of the prosecution. The problem is the defense keeps countering and they basically make it sound like, now here's the thing. The defense can't sit there and say what George Floyd did in the past. George Floyd wasn't a good guy. George Floyd was a felon. He was a felon who has served half his life in prison. He was not a good guy. This is a guy who broke into a woman's home, held the mother of a two-year-old at gunpoint while his buddies were searching for drugs. This is not a good guy, okay? So the emotional evidence is great. It seems to work. And this is what you're seeing in the news media. But the second that the defense attorney comes up, he starts picking at this, well, were you there? Um, how did you know George Floyd? And, and none of these people knew George Floyd. So that's kind of a bad thing. This is not how you want to do things. Basically, it tells the jury they know nothing and okay, whatever, uh, they, they like George Floyd. Or they never knew George Floyd, which some of the witnesses, there was one witness who was an EMT and she was a supervisor who was never there, who was talking about the pictures that she saw and how terrible it was, um, but she provided no evidence. She was never there. So what was the point? Okay, now we get into the big things. So they brought in, and here's an example. They brought in a trainer who trained the ME, the medical examiner. And when she saw the video, she said she thought he had died of, uh, George Floyd had died of asphyxiation due to the fact that Derek Chauvin had his knee on his neck. Okay. But she didn't do the autopsy. So the defense just sat back and said, well, did you do the autopsy? And she said, no. And he said, well, did you train the actual medical examiner that did the autopsy? Did you train him right? She goes, yeah. So would you say that the evidence that or the autopsy that this guy came up with is probably pretty valid? She goes, well, I'd have no doubt about. Boom. Again. This gal had no evidence of anything. It was just someone who saw a video and made it a, a defense. Now, here's the problem. The medical examiner who actually did the autopsy uh, said that George Floyd did die of asphyxia, but he saw no trauma to the neck. The ER doctor who said it was probable asphyxia but he didn't actually do anything to George Floyd because George Floyd arrived at the 
hospital already dead, also admitted that drugs could have called asphyxia, could have caused asphyxia. See, here's the whole thing. The medical examiner said that it was a homicide because it was not a natural death. If he had died of a drug overdose, it would have been a drug overdose. If he had died of, you know, falling on the ground, that would have been a homicide. Okay? Or accident, that would have been accidental. But there are only three ways you could die. Natural causes, homicide, or suicide. Those are the only three ways you could die, as far as the medical examiner is concerned. Well, the medical examiner... He had a lot of drugs in his system, and it wasn't obviously wasn't suicide, and it wasn't accidental. He called it so he called it a homicide. So here's what the uh, me said: um, George Floyd had twice the lethal dose of uh, fentanyl in his system. George Floyd would have died, and the uh, medical examiner had said that if he had died in you know in his bed he would have called it a overdose now i, I maybe i'm way off here uh, as far as the deal but he had a total uh, uh the death from fentanyl would equal 9 milliliters of fentanyl in his system george floyd had 0.24 milliliters of fentanyl in his system or I'm sorry, 24 milliliters of fentanyl system. So he already had three times the dosage that would have killed him. George Floyd would have probably died of an overdose. George Floyd's girlfriend said that Floyd had overdosed a couple of weeks earlier on fentanyl. Oops. The police chief. A witness for the prosecution, by the way, we haven't even started the defense yet, agreed with Chau agreed that with the defense that Chauvin may not have put his knee on Floyd's neck, that it looked like from a different camera angle than the prosecution showed, that he may have actually had his knee across the shoulder blades. Now, what's really interesting about that is that the, the, the prosecution actually said that he laid his knee on his neck and his back for nine and a half... What? That's not what the narrative is. The narrative is he laid on Derek Chauvin's head for nine and a half, neck on for nine and a half minutes. By the way, all nine and a half minutes, and this was shown on the tape. Floyd was able to move his head. Floyd was Floyd was able to move his neck, and Floyd was able to scream that he couldn't breathe. Which, by the way, he was screaming about when he was in the car. He was screaming about when he was taken out of his car. He was screaming about when he was held by the police. And what they failed to mention, it was George Floyd who wanted to be put on the ground because he did not want to go into the police car. He didn't want to be arrested. Now, this is where things get really creepy. And it begins to look like this was actually a conspiracy. George, the police 
car of Derek Chauvin was searched six months after this whole incident. And guess what? They found pills in the police car, and those pills had George Floyd's DNA evidence. Six months after Floyd's death. So this is probably the biggest case since O.J. Simpson. And you didn't see? You didn't search the truck that George Floyd was initially put in? And by the way, George Floyd admitted that or there was admission that George Floyd was sucking down Percocet when the police showed up. Oh my God. Do, suddenly this kind of looks like a conspiracy theory, right? Now, here's what really gets weird. And all this stuff is here. And this was kind of argued, but there is now a video release that might have shown George Floyd saying, I ate too many drugs when he was put in the ground. And he was actually flipping out. And this is called, this is called excited delirium. When someone is so high on drugs, he gets really excited. Everything is blowing up in his chest. And now we're seeing that it's quite possible he was he admitted on camera that I ate too many drugs. Now, again, the prosecution said, well, you can't hear it clearly. And I heard it, and I did not, I heard the video, and I didn't quite hear I ate too many drugs, okay? I, so it may or may not have, but the reality is that's that doubt that people are going to have to decide whether or not Chauvin is guilty. I mean, there's no question George Floyd was on drugs, but if George Floyd actually said, I ate too many drugs, he's admitting he's on drugs. Okay. Uh, another thing, the prosecution actually had to admit that George Floyd, while he was trying to be put into the police car, was actually kicking and hitting other police op the police officers that are trying to stick him in the car. Does this sound like the peaceful giant that everyone keeps talking about? He's actually violently assaulting police officers. Not, not a good thing for the prosecution. And the prosecution had to admit, yeah, he, he did kick him. Now, here's, here's where things get really extreme. George Floyd's drug dealer, who was in the car, and by the way, was not arrested by the police. He was in the car. He was asked to testify. And he said, no, he will not testify. He will plead the fifth. Here's the reason why. And by the way, here, no, no, hold on. We'll get to the reason why. But the reason he won't testify is because he knows the amount of fentanyl he gave George Floyd. And if it's found that the amount of fentanyl he gave George Floyd is what killed him, he could be prosecuted for third-degree murder. What makes this worse is if this guy who was in the car, this Mercedes-Benz SUV that George Floyd was driving, how he got a Mercedes SUV, I don't know. But 
the prosecution does not see this guy as a good enough witness to actually give him immunity to it. This is a guy who was there. He saw what was happening. He didn't actually involve. He wasn't arrested. This was some guy who was supposedly completely innocent in the whole thing. But the prosecution doesn't want to testify. I don't know if this is legal. I'm not a lawyer, but if I were the defense, I'd call him anyway. And I would let him plead the fifth to everything, every question, every descriptive question I had, I would make him plead the fifth. And I would say thank you. Is it possible that the fentanyl you gave killed George Floyd? I plead the fifth. Is the reason you didn't testify for the prosecution because you did not get a immunity for the prosecution? I plead the fifth. Why did you not get immunity from the prosecution? I plead the fifth. I'd let him do it. I don't know if that's legal. But I would I would call the guy up. I would make him answer in his red little tracksuit. By the way, he's now in jail for, guess this, dealing drugs. This is huge. One of the use of force trainers for the police department in Minneapolis was asked if people being arrested and claiming a medical emergency, if the police would give that individual medical emergency right away or if they didn't believe him. He said, we are trained not to believe them. Because here's something wild and crazy. People don't want to get arrested. And so they'll say anything to avoid getting arrested. He even said he was involved in a situation where a guy was claiming that he was in a medical emergency and he had subdued that individual, that he did not release that individual until EMS arrived. Oh my God. Derek Chauvin suddenly doesn't look that bad. So you've got a guy in a car who's screaming. By the way, he's screaming he can't breathe while he's still in his own car. He's screaming he cannot breathe when he's walking to the police car. He's screaming he cannot breathe when he's in the police car and he's moving his head and screaming he cannot breathe when the police are subduing him on the ground. But that use of of force officer trainer wasn't done. He said that this was not the most aggressive way of controlling his subject. He said, well, the most aggressive, the greater use of force in controlling a subject is used by a Tom, is used by a way of something called hobbling. Hobbling means they throw the guy on the ground, they tie his legs up, they tie his knees up, they tie his arms up, and then they throw his ass in the freaking truck. He said they never did that. He said, so in other words, what Derek Chauvin did wasn't the strongest use of force. And he said, no, it wasn't. He could have hobbled him. They could have all hobbled him. And then this guy said, it just keeps going. He said he usually with guys who are on drugs, if you suspected that a subject was on drugs, 
you you assumed that they were going to be stronger than they actually are. Now let's not forget about Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin is six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds, and he has a tendency to be violent with police. Now you can't say that in the trial. I don't think you can say that, but because it it it's prejudicial. But the reality is, the police already thought this guy. When Chauvin showed up at his car, he asked him, are you on something? And Chauvin never really answered him. And it, it, and then when asked by the defense, it just gets better and better and better. When asked by defense, is it uncommon for officers that are trained to deal with drug suspects and Derek Chauvin was a police officer for 19 years. I'm pretty sure he's dealt with police suspects, drug suspects. Is it c- common or uncommon that a person that is on drugs will pass out and then wake up again and become more aggressive? Guess what he said? He said, well, it's not horribly common, but it does happen. He says it happened. I've heard it happen more often, uh, I've heard it happen, which is why a lot of cops keep the suspect held down until EMS arrives. This is pretty bad for the prosecution. And this is their turn to prosecute Chauvin. Oh, oh, hold on. But it gets better. The crowds was also another issue there. Because during this whole thing, you saw video... Especially when you're looking at the video that is commonly shown by the uh, legacy media that shows Chauvin supposedly on the guy's neck. Now, by the way, I think he was on his neck. It still looks really bad. But I remember a long time ago when we were looking at the Rodney King video and the Rodney King video looked really bad. And then you had Stacy Coons, who was the lead police officer he was the sergeant in charge and he started explaining what was happening and suddenly it didn't look as bad as it in matter of fact it made rodney king look really bad you can tell how long this when did when did the la riots happen back in 88 89 this crap has been happening for a really long time okay So the defense started pointing out how aggressive the crowd is. Now, the the prosecution was talking about, well, the second he thought that George Floyd had passed out and was non-responsive, they should have started CPR right away. Well, the defense pointed out that the crowd was really aggressive. And, I mean, to the point where one person... And you don't hear this in the tape because they they cut off the audio. One person sat there and said, I would slap the F out of you. He was talking to Chauvin. The the, um, uh, use of force instructor said when the crowd gets that bad, you never let the guy up because then you could lose control of everything. And then EMS did not perform CPR right away. What, e, what, what EMS did when they arrived, 
they basically threw Chauvin on a uh, gurney, put him into the police car, and then they start or put him into an ambulance and then started CPR. That's how aggressive the crowd was. This came from one of the EMS techs that was on the scene. They said the, the crowd was very aggressive. They were not going to perform CPR on him until they got him in the car and uh, got him into the ambulance and the ambulance was driving away. This was their witness. This witness ended up being an absolute disaster for the prosecution. An absolute disaster for the prosecution. The defense started asking the EMS support person who was there about excited delirium. Oh my God, the prosecution just started flipping out. No. Objection, objection, objection. We can't talk about excited delirium. And we can't talk about the behavior of a person during a fentanyl overdose. They were called to a sidebar. So the defense apparently didn't win the argument because, you know, I, I, which makes no sense. I would think the judge would have said, well, yeah, you can ask those questions. But the defense then asked, okay, that's fine. Um, the defense requested that the prosecution witness be available for defense testimony. This is, without a doubt, the worst thing that could possibly happen to a prosecution, to the prosecution. The prosecution was basically asked, we want to use your witness for the defense. This is a terrible thing for the defense. Oh, for the prosecution, excuse me. Here's what's messed up. The prosecution hasn't even talked about race yet. They're main reasons that Derek Chauvin was uh, killed George Floyd was because of police brutality and race. They can't get through the police brutality yet. They're getting killed on that. The prosecution can't seem to get it out of their own way. It, right now, it's not even looking, not only does it not look like this was police police brutality, it doesn't even look like it was excessive force. The defense has done a wonderful job saying that Chauvin never used excessive force. And they've used the prosecution's own witnesses. Heck, now they're going to steal a witness from the prosecution to help in the defense. The legacy media is reporting none of this, of course. They, they, I, they're not interested they're pointing out the prosecution highlights and the prosecution's highlights are all about emotion and crap like that. No evidence. They're interviewing people who are saying Chauvin is, without a doubt, guilty and the world will end if he doesn't get prosecuted for second degree murder. Which, by the way, there is no way in hell he's getting prosecuted for second degree murder. Third degree murder... There is no way he's getting prosecuted for third-degree murder. Third-degree murder shouldn't even be a thing in this chart, in this trial. Third-degree murder is you do something with, with contempt and malice, and someone ends up dying and you didn't mean to kill him. For example, um, one of the cops who shot in the Breonna Taylor 
uh, killing. He actually ended up getting third degree murder, not because he shot Breonna Taylor, because a bullet went through the wall and could have hit someone else. He could have been susceptible for third degree murder. So that's why this drug dealer is worried about third degree murder. He didn't intend to kill uh, uh, George Floyd with his drugs, illegally obtained drugs. But the fact is his drugs did kill George Floyd. He would have been up for third degree murder because of his malice, his careless attitude, not caring. George Floyd actually died. That's why he won't testify. Anyone who's saying that George Chauvin is is guilt or uh, Derek Chauvin is guilty in this thing, they're not watching the trial. So don't listen. Watch the trial. It's really boring. Don't get me wrong. Literally, I'm writing this crap while I'm watching the Derek Chauvin trial, and it's really bad. And the prosecution is getting killed. The me, but here's the thing: the media will only say good things about the prosecution. They're never going to say anything good about the defense. The defense is actually putting up a good argument here. They want to be able to say the system is racist. If Derek Chauvin gets off, or this ends up being a hung jury, which I think that's probably what's going to end up happening, the media is going to point out the system is racist. That's it. The media is justifying all future riots. The media wants all future riots. And those riots are going to happen no matter what. I will tell you something. Derek Chauvin could be found of not could be found guilty of first degree murder and there are going to be riots. It's in you gotta be an idiot to believe there won't be riots. And I guarantee you, none of those people have watched one second of the trial. I, but here's the thing, I think there is a, a chance, I don't even think it's a good chance anymore watching this trial, that Chauvin is actually going to get convicted of something. It's going to be a lesser charge. It's going to be a manslaughter charge. And that's when we know Chauvin is a patsy for this whole thing. He's a patsy to stop by the city of Minneapolis to stop the violence. And I, I don't know if it'll happen. Juries are independent. I don't know who's on the jury. I don't know what they think. I cannot believe all those jurors don't have an opinion with this trial. I think that's crap. But I tell you one thing. This trial is going to lead to really bad things. If Chauvin gets convicted, there's still going to be riots. But if Chauvin gets convicted it will invite extremism on the right. Don't think. We talk about white supremacy. We talk about um, racism on the, on the white side. I think if people actually do not, if, if Chauvin does convicted, if he is convicted and he does become a patsy, then you've really got to wonder if people, white people are going to sit there and say, hey, you know what? The system is systemically racist against us and we're going to start fighting. This is where the Civil War will get violent because you're going to have Proud Boys, which by the way are not a white supremacist group. They're Well, they're led by a Mexican, so they're not a white supremacist group. 
But you're going to have groups like that that are going to sit there and say, okay, we need to fight. And they're going to be people that are going to get pissed off. Not me. I. Yeah, it is what it is. But there are people, and I will always say, right now, I didn't think Derek Chauvin was probably guilty. I didn't think he was probably guilty. But if the law convicts him, right now, with the way the prosecution has presented their witnesses, I, I can't see how he gets convicted. There's just, I, I can't see any way. Every def- a prosecution witness has been turned and had to admit something. So, we'll see. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Take a look at some of my uh, links to see where I'm full of crap. And uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and um, and uh, Rumble. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>